Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everybody, Derek here for Gamer Heroes. I've got my co-host John with me. How's it going, buddy? Hey, how's it going? Good, it's man. Good to be back. We've uh, got a lot to talk about today. We're going to be talking, of course, gaming news, including Red Dead Redemption 2. We'll be talking a bit about Nintendo being sued. The information on the Atari VCS has been updated a little bit. And we've got some Call of Duty information. We're going to be talking about games we've been playing recently including Diablo 3 and Overcooked. And we'll probably talk about a few other things too. So let's dive right into the current events. Um, first off, for those who've been following us really closely, we've been experimenting the last few months here in 2018 doing some streaming of games Wednesday nights on Twitch. And we are going to be taking a hiatus from that. Um, we have been working around with it. It's just not really our thing. We haven't found our groove yet. We have switched up the games quite a bit. For those uh, who are not aware, we played Overwatch, Left 4 Dead 2. We played some Borderlands 2. We did Diablo 3. And we just kind of have to find our, our niche, find our groove. So we're going to go on hiatus there, put that on pause for a little while. So you're only going to find us here uh, on Gamer Heroes every other Wednesday on the podcast. So um, that is happening on that side, but uh, we'll let you know if anything changes. Um, John, why don't you start us off with a bit about Call of Duty? So if you guys follow, absolutely, if you guys follow the Call of Duty games anymore, um, <laughs> Call of Duty has, the games franchise has a couple companies that create um, the games, and that's why we're able to get basically a new game every single year. Um, it looks like the Treyarch game uh, that owns the Black Ops series is coming out with the fourth installment of the game. And in this installment, they are completely throwing away the campaign, and it is going to be all multiplayer. I personally think that is kind of silly. Um, I think it's it's something they've been kind of doing for a while now. Um, I'll tell you what, since World at War, which was technically Call of Duty 4, um, has basically was the only one that had like since that game they they've kind of just been slowly tapering off and shortening and shortening and shortening the camp the single player campaign and i think they've gotten to a point where they've kind of just we've written ourselves in a corner we went back to world war ii we did this and they're kind of running out of ideas and most of the time most of the players for call of duty franchise fans i should say do play the zombies and they play the multiplayer and that's like one of the big portions of the experience but come on you gotta have at least a single player mode it's <laughs> it's it's kind of like i understand you guys have been kind of 
you know, writing less and making it shorter and shorter here and there. And you've kind of been preparing us for this, but it's just kind of, to me, so what are you going to do? Like destiny is one thing. Destiny has new missions. You know, you're doing the same missions, but you're using them to level up. What are you, what are we doing here? Are we just going to play run and gun all the time, all day, every day? Is that it? Well, look at the super successful games right now, PUBG and Fortnite. They are battle royale style games with no campaign of any kind where you sometimes team up, sometimes don't, and just shoot each other, winner take all kind of thing. I mean, those are the big games and they're a lot cheaper to develop because you don't need the same type of writing staff. You don't need the same type of, you know, cutaway animations. Yes, voice acting, all of that. So it's a cheaper way to produce a game. And if people like it, if people are enjoying it, then it is enticing from the bigger companies, you know, like Activision and EA to to think about that and and adjust course. Uh, As far as Call of Duty goes, I, I have very little to say about that. I have not played a Call of Duty game since the original Xbox. I stopped at Black Ops 2. I I just can't do it anymore. Um, I've tried coming back into Advanced Warfare, and it was just ridiculous. Like at this point, you're you're all basically you're (laughs) you can do everything that Iron Man can do in the game, and it 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 got to a point where it's just oversaturated, and it's no longer fun, um, in my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. So it's. It's one of those things for me. It's like they're going to continue to use the same formula and they're not changing it or they're not making they're eventually they've got a cap eventually. Like I am surprised they've kept this much momentum this long. Um because if if you actually boil it down, there are a lot of better multiplayer first person shooter games out there as we speak. And you mentioned PUBG is one of those. PUBG may be um you know, a little early in its infant phase, I'd say, but it is still way more entertaining than these games. I, I mean, I think that's the thing, right? It kind of depends on the person. Um, for me, I, I never really got into the Call of Duty games. I like the more sci-fi aspects, so I'm a big Halo fan. I, I'm a Gears of War fan. I don't really want the, the ultra-realistic war games. Um, I want them to have a fantasy aspect to it. And yes, I know one of them took place in space, but that's not the point. Uh, so, I don't know. PUBG is not really my thing either, though. Uh, I have no problem with the game, you know, or anything like that. But the idea of just, you know, 100 people drop and last one standing wins, like, that's cool. And I'm glad people are enjoying it. I just don't think it's for me. So What's, Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I feel like for me, those games get old quick. Because, like, what what is the real goal here to level up, right? Um, well, I mean, in PUBG, it's not, though. In PUBG, it's just a matter of, you know, just getting those wins, getting on the leaderboards, that kind of thing, and which which is totally fine, That's not fine, enough right? to drive me. <laughs> well, right. So, like, you know, that's why there's so many different genres of video games, though. Some things are for us, some things aren't, and we just kind of gravitate towards the things we're interested in. You know, that's why I have, you know, I, I played all of the Gears of War games except for uh, Judgment. Uh, I didn't play that one, but I played the other four last year in 2017, uh, I like that. You know, it, there's there's monsters and sci-fi weapons and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, there's shoot, shooters aren't for everybody. There's plenty of people out there that just aren't interested in shooters. They want 
open world stuff like Breath of the Wild or, you know, even fantasy driven stuff uh, that's a little more realistic, like the new God of War. Not everybody wants a third or first person shooter. Right, right. No, I, I understand. There's definitely diverse. There's a lot of games out there for you to play. Um, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't play Call of Duty, but for me personally, I don't understand what keeps this franchise going. Um, this is just the next step, I guess. They've been working towards this for a while. Um, you can look for this game coming out in, it looks like uh, they have a release date October 12th. So you guys can play Black Ops 4 October 12th. Um, if you guys are listening, I do want to get your opinion. Why do you like playing Call of Duty? What about Call of Duty do you like? What about Call of Duty don't you like? Yeah, absolutely. Hit us up. We are uh, Heroes Podcasts, the Heroes Podcast Network. So you can go to at Heroes Podcasts on Twitter or Facebook or go to our website and comment there. Or hit us up on iTunes and drop us a review. Let us know what you think. That kind of stuff is also good. Uh, but all right, so we will move on a bit here. So I'm going to bring up a bit about the Atari VCS. So please, do we have any information yet? We have more information. <laughs> uh, um, so this so is what? Like, they told us uh, what the button scheme is this time? <laughs> this is so weird. Uh, so we've been following what used to be called the Atari box uh, for months now. Atari announced that they were bringing a new home console out to the market for the first time in you know, 25, 30 years, give or take. And they've renamed it to the Atari VCS, if you were unaware of that. But it's getting close to game time here. So the console hits its Indiegogo campaign on May 30th. That's when that drops and you can begin, quote, pre-ordering or helping crowdfund this new console. So obviously, if you're not uh, fairly well, well off financially or video games are just not your 100% passion... Dropping two, three, or more hundred dollars on a console, you kind of need to know something about it, I would imagine. Um, so we know a little bit more. We we know that um, it will handle 4K. We know that it will handle 60 frames per second. It'll have USB 3. It'll have Bluetooth 5. We know those things now. Um, those are important things to be aware of. If we don't know what those games are, then things get a little more murky, right? That's so, the part that I'm like, I really need to know what what you're supporting because, like, like you said, I I, I don't want to play Asteroids in 4K, <laughs> and that's the problem. So it's gonna come with what they're calling the Atari Vault, and that'll be over a hundred games of classic Atari games. So that is things like Asteroids, uh, Missile Command, the the old school stuff. The games that didn't even necessarily have color screens. Pong. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know if Pong will be included. I can't remember if Pong was an Atari game or not. It may have been Coleco. My my Either my way, memory is failing. That me, in four K is lit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that's that's the problem, right? Like nobody wants to see or nobody needs to see asteroids in HDR, but the Atari VCS will support. HDR, um, but we don't know what else it's going to play. The official quote is popular modern titles. Well, what is a popular modern title? Does that mean it's going to be able to play the th things like Red Dead Redemption 2? Is it going to be able to play God of War or games of that caliber of graphic style? We, we still don't know that information. Well, well, here's my thing. I don't mean to interrupt you, but 
we already know what consoles and platforms the game is coming out on, so <laughs> it's hard to sit there and say, oh, it'll be on the Atari. I don't know, because they've already released, they've already told us uh, Rockstar, let's say, let's use Red Dead Redemption as an example, they've already told us what platforms those are coming out on. Now, Well, that's not necessarily true, because remember when the Switch was coming out, games were still released without mentioning the Switch until later. Games like Doom, Wolfenstein 2... No, but those uh, were late, much, much later on. Well, but this isn't going to be out this year either, though. Like, this this console ships in the spring of 2019, so if Red Dead 2 was going to be available for it, they would have no reason to announce that yet, because the game will have been out for almost six months by the time the new Atari comes out. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, they could very well do that. I, I think, in my opinion, the only real way for this thing to be successful is to do a combination of what a console can do and what the Steam Box can do. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that would certainly be something. It, it is a very confusing thing. I, I need to know so much more about this because Atari's more modern games are still nothing really impressive. You've got the Roller Coaster Tycoon. You know, those those games, and I love Roller Coaster Tycoon. I'm very excited that they're making a new one. But it's certainly not the same type of game as these big AAA titles that we're seeing now. So in a world where people already own a PS4 or an Xbox One and, you know, worked really hard to then pick up a Switch or something like that to have Nintendo's library of games, who is this for? You know, does Atari have the type of dedicated you know, crazed fan base that Nintendo has. And I'm one of those Nintendo fans, you know, but are those Atari people out there? Are there people who are going to clamor the spend? You know, $200 is the base, base edition. That is the regular black edition of the console. It'll cost more for the, the, the wood looking version of it. It'll cost more to include controllers like the, the joystick and things like that. Uh, you know, so this could easily be three, four hundred dollars for this console. When you can walk into, you know, a GameStop, a Best Buy, go to Amazon, whatever, and pick up a PS4 Pro for four hundred or an Xbox One X for five hundred, and spend even less on the regular versions of those consoles, two, two fifty, three hundred for a Switch. So, I just, I'm not sure who this is for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put it here. I'm, I'm just not sold yet. And if you want me to fund you, you need to give me more details. And I think they need to come out. They need to do with what Nintendo did. And they need to say, we have this huge exclusive coming out. Um, and get people excited for it, which they have not done very well at all. Mm -hmm. They have not gotten anybody excited for anything. Well, and the fact that it is being crowdfunded is also super weird. Uh, Atari has tried this a little bit. We actually talked about it when they were doing the Roller Coaster Tycoon thing where you were essentially investing in the game. And I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I'm not saying that it's something they shouldn't do. I am saying it's weird and it's different. And it's certainly not something you see Sony, Microsoft, or Nintendo doing. Uh, I don't it, you know, Nobody really crowdfunds from that level. This is unique. And I'm curious to see how people will react to it. I can tell you that right now, with the information I have, I'm not contributing $200 right. to get the base edition of this console. I, I don't know enough about it to do that. At least for the Switch, 
yeah, it was a $300 investment, but I knew I could get Zelda day one. I knew Mario was coming. I knew other games were coming down the pipe because I know what Mario's IP is. And if you got a PS4 or an Xbox One on launch day, yeah, maybe maybe the launch window wasn't as good as, as you wanted it to be, but you knew that, you know, The Last of Us was coming. Right. The Last of Us 2 was coming. You knew that you know, another Halo was coming, another Gears of War was coming, that these massive first-party IP are out there. I don't know what Atari has. It's just, you're right, man. It's just so weird. It's just a weird, weird way. Everything's handled with with this whole system, this console. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) at the end of the day, again... So what happens if I, I actually just started thinking about this? So what happens if they don't get the funding because they've given nobody anything to go off of, other well, than okay, it's Atari, it's new, I want it. So this is a, this is an important thing to be aware of. Uh, so all right, the people may not be super familiar with crowdfunding or even Indiegogo. Indiegogo and Kickstarter are two different crowdfunding websites, the two big ones. Basically, this allows people to give money towards a project and in turn get something for their money. Now, the idea here is that the people who are giving this money are essentially investing to help this product get made. So video games, board games, uh, art, books, music, uh, movies, those types of things, right? Projects that need, need money and maybe you can't get a loan or you don't have investors. This is a way to do it. And so people get something for for investing and for putting themselves out there. Usually they get a copy of the game or a copy of the movie and they spend a little more than you would at retail, right? So if it's a movie, maybe $35 gets you the DVD, you know, but, you know, 15 or 20 gets you the digital copy. And the idea is that they need to make a profit off of these contributions to make the project. Well, on Kickstarter, everything on Kickstarter has a funding goal. And if they reach the funding goal, the project is, quote, funded Everybody gets charged, and then they're supposed to make the thing. If a project does not reach the goal, it is not funded, nobody gets charged, no money is exchanged. Indiegogo is different. There are choices with Indiegogo, and I, since this crowd, this campaign is not live yet, we don't know the details, but some campaigns work like Kickstarter. Some do not. Some of these Indiegogo campaigns get to keep any money that is made even if they don't reach the goal. So that's a little bit risky. The idea being that maybe they launch another campaign, a second campaign, a second round of funding, and they get something for that time so they can start the ball rolling is the idea. Um, It's happened to me uh, early on back when I got into crowdfunding initially, kind of before Kickstarter was even a thing. Um, And it can be frustrating. You, You know, you can give money to a project that never exists and you have no idea what happened to your money if it went to the project at all or, you know, helped pay for some, you know, some nights out in the town. You have no idea because there was never a product made because the project wasn't funded. I would imagine with Atari behind it, they're going to try and be as, you know, on the up and up as possible. But we won't know until the campaign goes live or at least closer to when it goes live on May 30th. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean I don't know much about the crowdfunding. I have I have never contributed to anything personally. Um and it's nothing personal. It's just I'm a consumer product person. I I'd rather wait and just get it at a store. So uh it's one of those things. But guys, 
we're like you, we're holding our breath. So when's the next time we're supposed to hear some more information? Well, that's part of the problem. May 30th is when the campaign goes live. So Mm -hmm. we will know, theoretically, more information then. At a minimum, we should know what the different contribution levels are, so the different things you can get for your money. Um, You know, we know that there will be this black edition called Onyx, and we know there's this wooden edition that will be some type of special edition of the console. So we'll find out what that one costs and, you know, the extra components if you want the controllers and things like that. I imagine there'll be some cheaper levels for people who don't necessarily want to go all in for the console and help in some other way. So we will definitely know more on May 30th, regardless, because the campaign will go live or not. But we may not learn anything until then. Yeah. Well, May 30th. There you go. We'll be looking out. All right, man. So let's move on then to some Red Dead Redemption 2 news. Yeah. So Red Dead Redemption is probably going to be one of the biggest games of 2018 in contender with god of war so we're, we're talking these guys are going up against game of the year which is pretty likely for these two games um basically they've just said that there's going to be some new special editions and without saying too much details the special editions will have more game to them i i, I guess from what i'm reading is they're going to actually have probably, I imagine there's some DLC and some exclusive that'll go with these editions. Um, but I don't know how many editions, which is pretty interesting. So it looks like they're they're going to offer uh, a basic version, a, a version that goes beyond the basic, and then some elite version, which is pretty different. I haven't really seen that done very often with the console games. What do you think? Um, I mean, there's been so many special editions over the years, you know, that comes with season passes or extra DLC. I mean, if you pre-order Spider-Man, you get a bunch of different costume sets and stuff like that. Everyone's trying to do it differently just to come up with reasons to pre-order something and get these special editions. So. Yeah, but this is kind of different. So it sounds to me, and, and it's very vague, we don't have very much information other than there are versions that will have more game to them, right? So, like, is that? Do you mean like, is it just DLC that you get? See, with it? that's what I'm trying to figure out. It doesn't specify. We don't know if it's getting more DLC or if it's physically getting new. Like, I don't know. The game is expanded even further. It can be bigger. Um, I have no idea. They're not very clear on that quite yet. Um, but I will tell you this. PlayStation players will most likely get first access to some of the online content. Yeah, see, so these, like, timed exclusives I always find very frustrating because you end up being able to get the stuff later and it's a patience game, but then some of it gets ruined for you because other people got it first. Yeah. I don't I don't care for that type of stuff at all. I find it really frustrating. I just I think that if you're going to release a game on a platform, it just needs to be available on that platform. If you want to make, if you want to leave people out, then just don't release it on that platform. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, they're probably going to go the route with microtransactions because there's going to be, there's definitely going to be an online multiplayer mode, and from what they've said, it's going to be very substantial and engaging. So I imagine that it'll, there might even be missions. Um, it is open world, so microtransactions might be something like get a crate that has you know special weapons or gear 
who knows? Um, I know it, it, it is re- set to release here October 26th for PS4 and Xbox One. Um, the game is set in 1899, and it's 12 years before the events of the first Red Dead Redemption. That's so weird to me, like, cause so they're they're calling it Red Dead Two, Two but but it's a it's prequel, a, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> super confusing. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm really interested in the in these special editions, and and if it is just DLC, I, I'm gonna say that you know that's nothing new to me. Now, if if it is a completely like there is a whole section of the map that's locked down unless you purchase this version, that'd be kind of cool. Um. You know, not not in the sense like if you're willing to spend that extra money, that's cool. But like for us people who want to play the game, they can still enjoy the game. But there's other portions. It's kind of like Destiny. You know how there's certain areas if you paid, you can have. Yeah, but that's usually DLC or expansions. You know that type of thing. So I yeah maybe that's that's what I'm wondering. Is it an expansion type deal or is it DLC? So that's the only news, but it. I um I think Sony's killing it this year. Like last year was Nintendo's, this year is going to be Sony. Yeah, I mean there's there's still a lot of year to go and so we'll have to kind of wait and see I think, but they are off to a pretty good start. Cuz like what does Xbox really have coming out right now? Yeah, this I year? mean Microsoft's not in a great spot. I think you know, Nintendo has the opportunity to really release a couple of big titles this year. You know, with the possibility of a new Smash Brothers coming out in 2018 is is impressive. So, I'm just saying, like, honestly, if if Last of Us Two were coming out this year, it'd be done. It'd be game over. Like, Sony would take this year with God of War and Last of Us Two. Um, but they're going to save it for next year because it's only smart because they've got God of War this year. And they might as well just wait till next year and cap it with Last of Us 2. Yeah, man. Isn't yeah. that crazy? I mean, I just, like, I'm... For those listening, I am a hardcore Sony fan, uh, a PlayStation <laughs> fan, and I actually just picked up an Xbox, so I'm excited to play some of their exclusives. But after looking at the exclusive list, there there's a good handful of Xbox exclusives but there's nothing like and I hate to I'm not trying to sound biased but there's nothing compared to the PlayStation exclusives like I hate to say it like well the the big draw for the don't. Xbox <laughs> the big draw for the Xbox right now is its backwards compatibility that that is a big deal and and actually it's very nice to go to GameStop and be like I want to play Gears of War and you just go pick up the 360 versions which are $2 I mean, that might be a little on the cheap side. I don't expect them to be that cheap. But the fact is, though, right now, the Xbox One has the largest game library because of that. It does. And the 360 era, don't forget, the 360 era was dominated by Microsoft. And it has a lot of good games that are now backwards compatible with the One. So it's still a good console. It's a better media console than anything else on the market. But yeah, Sony is doing a very good job right now. They're in first place. They know it. They're able to kind of control things a bit. And then, of course, you have Nintendo, who's just off basically playing Nintendo's a different sport. Right. So <laughs> They're playing their own game. Yeah, they're playing their, but, but you know what? If you're thinking about capping gaming as a whole, Nintendo... <laughs> Sony just... Basically, Nintendo had taken the reins for a minute there last year for a while. And Sony came back with this. And they're, they're reminding us who they are. 
And um, I mean, maybe the Switch is still leading in, it, in I was just sales about to in say, 2018. The so. Switch will probably still lead, but um, because yeah. I don't think anybody who I don't think anybody's going to buy a PlayStation Four just for God of War. There are some. Uh, I don't think so. I think that God of War as a franchise, I don't know if that's going to convert anybody, right? Is it for the same reason? I don't think anyone's buying an Xbox for Halo. I think there are. I for Halo specifically, I think there are a lot of people who bought when they were making the decision. They bought. They went with Xbox because of Halo. I mean, maybe. I just I can't imagine that number is very high. Nintendo, on the other hand, has so much iconic IP between Zelda, Mario, Donkey Kong, Metroid, Star Fox, Kirby, yeah. you know, Splat- Splatoon now, um, that they're able to to kind of corner their own demographic because if you want to play these iconic characters, some of these characters are, the, are you know, more iconic than what anybody else has in their field. Um, but I, I just don't think that Sony and Microsoft really have that. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you on that. You'll probably, I mean, they've got a good set of characters, but it's not no, it's nothing as compelling as Nintendo's. And Nintendo's had these characters for thirty years, you know. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. thing too, like you know, Sony has has Nathan Drake, but Nathan Drake's only been around since two thousand three, so two thousand four. <laughs> so right. Not that, not yep. that big. You're not Mario, bro. <laughs> not, not quite. Not yet, anyway. Not yet. You know. So we'll have to see. But uh, on to our last piece of news is uh, it is Nintendo. So Nintendo is being sued. Nintendo is being sued by Game Vice uh, again. Um, they've been sued <laughs> by Game Vice before, and Game Vice has dropped the charges, but uh, or dropped the suit. That is, excuse me, not charges, but the suit. Um, so this time around, they are being sued for the detachable controller design on the Nintendo Switch, and they've actually uh, lodged a complaint. They filed a complaint against the ITC, which is the International Trade Commission in the United States. This is kind of a big deal um, because the ITC may be forced to stop Nintendo from actually putting the Switch on the shelves. I, I so the. I don't mean to cut you off, but this is this happens all the time. Companies will try to claim they came up with it first, and it, it's it's just to piss off Nintendo. That's all they're doing. They're just they're pissing them off because they know they can, and they're basically trying to strong arm them. Um, I don't think this is going to go anywhere, just like last time. But companies do this all the time. They they get a whiff of some software and they find something that they thought was similar and they try to go on their own credibility or they'll add some kind of apps to it and say, ours is more intuitive, we've had it longer. And um, it, all it is is just, they're just trying to play the game. Honestly, they're just trying to cap more market by saying, slandering Nintendo and saying, you stole our, our idea. Now, with the thing that's important to note here is there are patent trolls and i really hate patent trolls but game vice isn't doing that here because they actually have the product on the market that they sell they've been selling since 2015 so this is a real thing that they design that exists this isn't where they bought some patent and then want to stop a company from actually using it they actually used it um now 
I'm not sure how much I'm not I'm, I am not a lawyer in any respect, but you know basically what Game Vice's desi- uh, device does is it attaches to smartphones, um, Android phones, iPhones, and gives you physical controllers for those phones to play games on, um, which is cool. But the Switch is a very different thing in my opinion. It's right. a dedicated platform that these controllers were designed specifically to attach to as one unit. Um, so I don't know what how the law is going to be put into play with that, but it will be interesting to see how it shakes out. Nintendo's sued all the time. It, it well, seems they were s- you, sued over the Wii remotes. You can't you can't claim I have I made detachable controllers so no one else can make detachable controllers. That they don't even look the same, honestly. Like, well, do they really I mean, don't forget that, that Apple Apple won a lawsuit against Samsung basically saying that Apple owned the rights to the rounded cornered rectangle for smartphones. I don't remember that lawsuit, but it was a couple of years ago, you know, and Samsung had to pay Apple a lot of money. And I still think it's silly and it's ridiculous and if somebody out there truly believes that somehow Apple invented a new shape, then um, <laughs> I have some questions. That's like for saying you, I but, made the bezel. No one else can do but, it. You know, I'm not a lawyer, right? And laws are written a particular way. And if Apple was able to use the law, then that's these fine, billionaires whatever. have nothing else to do with their money except for piss off their competition and um, hope that by saying you stole stuff from us. We are the bigger man than you are, so you should buy from us consumers. And that pisses me off. <laughs> now, if you are interested in this lawsuit in more detail and you're curious about it, Polygon's got a nice article together that actually has the legal complaint embedded in it at the bottom of the article. If you uh, understand legalese well enough to go through that, by all means, please uh, you know, go check that out. If you are a lawyer in any respect, if you have any experience with law, especially entertainment or video game law, and you know anything about how this may or may not shake down from precedent, let us know. I'd love to hear about this. We Maybe we can have you on the show and talk about it because this stuff really fascinates me. But uh, we'll be, I'll be curious to see what happens here. Um, you know, Maybe Game Vice just didn't have their ducks in a row when they initially brought this up last year and now they've got everything together and maybe they have a legitimate case, right? So we'll have to wait and see. So when are they set to go to trial, or when is this supposed to escalate? Um, I don't really have details there. This is not that old. The lawsuit was actually filed at the end of March, um, so it's only been a month, and you know the legal system can be fairly slow, so we'll have to kind of wait and see what happens. All right. Yeah, it looks like it came out just today, this information. Hmm. No, the, the lawsuit was on March 29th. The lawsuit, but this became public uh, as of Mar- May 6th. Oh, yesterday, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so that's going to be it for our news segment here. We will move on to other things. So, John and I, if you, uh, you didn't see anything from it last week, we played some Diablo 3 with a couple of friends uh, on Twitch, and we, f- for the first time, tried to do Seasonal. I have never played Diablo Seasonal. I've only played the story mode. And John's never played on PC. He's only played on PS4. Yeah. So uh, how did you feel about how that went down, man? I can definitely see the difference in contrasting. I only played on PlayStation 4. There is so many more um, 
abilities to upgrade uh, on PC. Like, hands down, you can just do more. Hands down. And it is a little more intuitive, and it makes sense why um, it would be better on PC, because it's a... You click here, your character goes there and does whatever you press. One, two, or three, or four. Um, on PlayStation, it's a little different, and you're moving them around with the joystick, and I feel like it's actually a little more efficient on PC, so... I can definitely see why it's better on PC, and I I actually do like it. Um, I think the PS4 is just fine, but I, I do like playing it on on. But if we're going to talk about seasonal specifically, um, I don't know what the difference. Like honestly, you're you're basically just doing a small. You're placed at a small point in the in the game, and you do a, a short mission. It's just a bunch of short missions. Um, so I think that's good for people who want to get in there quick and get some loot and get out. Um, but otherwise I think, you know, if you want to play the game, you might as well just play it from the beginning with your fully leveled characters on torment. I don't know, a higher levels. What do you think? Fair enough. Um, yeah, it was a weird experience. You know, like I said, I've never done seasonal either. So having to, we had two of our friends who were, um, you know, they were already max level and they were at, you know, Paragon to 300 something. And they were so, they were power leveling us, um, at torments. Like I think it was 10 or 11. And so we, you know, we had to basically stay by the doors of these dungeons so we wouldn't die. And uh, (laughs) I was trying to, I was trying out Necro, um, which I was really excited. I hadn't actually had a chance to play Necro yet on D3. And so I was, I have my skeleton army that uh, managed to help me get away a couple of times. Because, like, when you're, you know, you're, like, level 50 or, you know, maybe you're level 70, but you're Torment, like, 12 or something. Uh, and you're playing, uh, or Paragon 12, and you're playing on Torment 10 or 11. Like, you're going to get single-shotted by basically everybody. Yep. So... There was a lot of like the run away, like a you know freaking uh, Monty Python or something. But it was uh, it was a little stressful though because you know everything's moving so quick and you have these tasks you're supposed to complete um, these missions and you know our, our buddies Ryan and Brian are like we gotta go do this thing X Y Z and they list right. all this stuff. I'm like, I've never done that before. It's like way over Checking my head. Checking these maps you know? and talking to these people and you're <laughs> like, no, that's a really good point. You're just like. I don't even know where I even look at the map. Where's the map? <laughs> yeah. You're like, well, you, you don't want to build, you know, these specific armor sets and stuff. I'm like, I have no idea, man. Like when I play the campaign mode, I just pick the stuff with the best stats and move exactly. on. Really, you know, cause you're not, you're not piecing together a set of armor versus in seasonal where there's like a set that uh, there's different sets of armor that you get in seasonal. So it's, it's just, or a totally is that just the way experience. they play? <laughs> well, that's in seasonal. You get armor sets. That's kind of the seasonal thing. You can't get that in the base like story. Well, it's mode always of the like game. a mix and match uh, in the story, and yeah, I, I feel like you almost get. I don't know. In my opinion, you can still mix and match, right? I mean, in seasonal, you can still mix and match. In seasonal, yeah, yeah, yeah. I almost feel like you get a little more diverse diversity, like. I personally am a type of player. I don't really want to follow the rules. <laughs> you have to have this set. You have to do that. No, I don't really want to do that. <laughs> I do what I want to do, and I pick up what I want to pick up. <laughs> yeah. No, I get that. That's kind of how I am too. So it was a, definitely a different experience. And 
I felt because so I run the stream uh, for those who've never watched this before, and so like, I just felt really out of my element, and I, I felt like this just was not a good streaming experience. Like there could not possibly be anybody who could enjoy watching it that way. <laughs> I don't think, but you know, not not the best in the world. I don't think it's really for me. I think I uh, I think just the story is what I really enjoy. Well, in the story, there it takes you uh, to a lot of different places, and there are a lot of maps that I would personally like to play more, um, but maybe aren't fun for watching. Like, I always love the assault on the castle wall. That is one of my favorite um, levels. When You know what I'm talking about, right? When they're all attacking the castle wall, and you're just running across yeah. it, and you're just tearing shit up. That That's one of my favorite uh levels because i i can't i can't stand the desert one i can't stand it there was a, quite a few missions in the damn desert <laughs> i hate that one and the snow one the snow one sucks too fair enough man fair enough but uh it was interesting you know not my favorite not my favorite experience but uh you know i learned a lot i keep i'm gonna keep checking it out i need to uh i have like one task left on the on chapter four, I've got to, uh, or act four, excuse me. I need to, um, enchant a, uh, a piece of armor with a slot. And of course I'm out of the resources I need to do oh. it. And it's a randomized, it's, it's a randomized mechanic. And so like, I have to go get more resources before I can move on. That was a little frustrating. That, see, that's a little different from the PlayStation. I felt like the resources were easier to find. It's I don't know if it's because we're playing a different level on PC, but resources are a lot harder to come by. Yeah, I mean, I, I think maybe it's just the difference between going through and just playing the game versus the seasonal stuff that we're doing right now. Right, right. Yeah, the power level power leveling thing is uh, a little interesting because I started. We both started out with zero. We you know we started out with new characters. Um, I was a barbarian, and uh, barbarian is up close in front. And <laughs> just sitting there for an hour, don't do anything. Don't do anything while we level is is kind of frustrating. Yeah, yeah. I get and you that, can't man. do anything. You you really can't even go near the en- enemies. Even little spiders in the spider level, the little ones will kill you in a second. Yeah, it was so crazy. Like, so I, I started playing a little bit by myself because I, I have to do a a torment four rift solo. And like even like Torment Four, it's like taking forever mm-hmm. to destroy even like the smallest, the smallest things. It's just so. I know these are like the minions. These are like the low level usually, and they're whooping mm-hmm. you. Yep, basically, yeah. But uh, yeah, man. So that was that was our Diablo Three experience. So you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe seasonal's just not for us. Well, you guys have watched. Uh, if you've tuned in and you've watched all our streams, you know you've seen us play Left for Dead. You've seen us play Borderlands Two. You've seen us play Diablo and Overwatch. So if there's anything you know that you want us to play, or you think we should continue doing this, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know. You know, we, we, we yeah. want to go back to just playing games and enjoying it. Um, but if you guys aren't enjoying it, we don't want to force you to watch. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of the short of it, yeah. Um, so, okay, so the last thing uh, that I've been playing recently is a game called Overcooked. Have you heard of this? You've told me about it, and um, <laughs> I don't know. It sounds to me like... 
What game is that? Um, where you're in the cafe and you've got to bring all the food to the tables? <laughs> uh, like the mobile game? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's kind of like that. So, uh, okay, so this is a uh, normal game. Like it's a you know thirty dollar title. It's a full full game. It's called Overcooked Special Edition. Not really sure what makes it the special edition. It's the only. And you got this for available. the Switch, right? For the Switch, yeah. yeah. Uh, it is available on other platforms, but we got it on the Switch. The uh, the girl and I really like playing Switch games. It's just a, a good console for us. And I picked up a second Pro Controller. The corded so, one. No, no, no. I picked up a legit oh, one. Oh, you son of a... <laughs> well, so I have the corded one. I have a corded controller. But the problem is um, we our couch is kind of far away from the TV. And uh, if we're playing together... We can't sit together if one of us uses the wired controller. Right. So the wired wired controller is fine if you're sitting up, you know, closer to the TV and stuff. But from way back on the couch, doesn't quite reach. And we have a big dog, and so it's just it's a recipe for disaster. So I used some points from Best Buy uh, to pick up a new uh, Pro controller. So I've got two of those now, which is cool. It was on sale anyway. But uh, but yeah, so Overcooked. It is uh, an interesting game. Basically, you each play chefs. And you have to save the world from this giant monster that wants to destroy the planet. And you have to defeat it by feeding it enough food. And in order to do (laughs) that, yeah, in order to do that, this sentient onion sends you back in time to the 90s to become essentially like chef ninjas. Um, And so you go through these levels and you learn how to cook certain foods. So you start out with soups. There's tomato soup, there's an onion soup, and there's a mushroom soup, and you have to do things. So you have to grab the right ingredient. So these orders will come in like tickets at the top of the screen, and you'll have to get the right ingredient, the right number of them, cut them up, and then cook them correctly. And when you cook stuff, there's a timer, and so if you if it gets over if it gets overcooked, huh, he said the thing, uh, a fire will start. And the fire will spread very, very quickly. And the orders have timers. And so if you take too long and the order times out, you fail the order. And basically the way the points work is you get, you get points or money, so to speak, based off of the orders that you serve. So the more orders you serve, the more points you get, the more tips you get, the more points you get and so forth. When you fail an order, you lose points. And so you're constantly trying to balance the completing orders without failing orders kind of thing the food gets more complicated so then you move on to burgers well burgers have uh meat which you have to uh basically grind up and then cook you have to cook the meat Mm -hmm. and you have to put that on a bun and then there might be ingredients like lettuce or tomatoes that you have to cut up and also put on the bun and there's plates and you have to plate the food and the levels get more and more complicated where maybe you're separated from each other and you have to kind of delegate the duties and split them up and somebody does one thing someone does another uh you have to start cleaning your own dishes so you have plates to to use um some of these levels some... are intense i'm looking at them like like <laughs> one, you're on a you're on two vans driving down the freeway <laughs> there are several levels like that yeah so there's basically like on a food pirate trucks. boat <laughs> The pirate runs tough. Uh, so imagine there's a couple examples of this one where there's there's two food trucks and half of your kitchen is on one and half of your kitchen's on another. And then there's a third truck in the other lane that basically goes back and forth between the two trucks. It has some other stuff on it, like maybe your delivery window or your sink to, to wash the dishes or whatever. And you have to move between the trucks to do everything. 
and the trucks move and so you can't just go back and forth whenever you want, right? So if you're cooking soup on one truck, you know, you have to make sure you get that soup off the grill, off the heat, you know, before it catches on fire, but the other truck might not be there for you to deliver it and it gets all crazy. Um, even later on, things get nuts where you have like ice levels yep. and you slide on the ice. And if you slide into the water, your character basically gets reset, but there's like a cool down. Um, and, it's dude it is so crazy uh there's conveyor belts in some levels so you have to kind of time stuff because things might move and you have to think about well if i put this thing on the conveyor belt will the other person be able to get it before it like goes into the trash that's crazy so is it fun with two people it's a great game it is such a good game um so there's a the campaign mode. There's also a versus mode that uh, that you can play. The game supports up to four people all locally on the Switch. And it's not even split screen. You're all on one, one screen together, which is super cool. That's why I love the Switch. You can use just an individual Joy-Con if you want to because uh, you only need a handful of buttons. Uh, you basically need one joystick and you need three buttons. That's all you need. Um, it's really a great game. It's super cool. There's all these other characters that you unlock as you play that, you know, they, they look different. There's some that are animals and there's, you know, um, different things like that. Uh, it's just, it's a lot of fun and it's a unique. It's a really unique art style. That's really cool. The music is super, uh, uh kind of addictive. Um, it's a really fun game. It, there are some really challenging levels and it, you have to plan ahead. Like the, the game is actually designed to make you play the levels multiple times. Cause you get, it's a star system, one, two, three stars. Um, and you know, obviously, you know you don't have to get three stars on everything, but you need a certain number of stars to continue uh, onto later levels, which is very Mario esque for for those who've played some of the more recent platform Mario games. Um, and so you might have to sit down for a minute and be like, all right, before we restart this level, what are we going to do? All right, well, you're going to uh, grab four meat real quick, and I'm going to chop those up and throw them on the on the pans to start cooking those, and then you're going to send around, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, you have to kind of talk back and forth and coordinate what you're doing because, you know, you need to know when a person needs a particular ingredient or if someone's going to handle a particular food that's on heat so it doesn't catch on fire. And it's crazy. Yeah. No, it sounds crazy. I can't wait to try this game out. Like, I, I want to come over and play it. You should, man. It is a great game. And, you know, I'm always looking for multiplayer stuff, especially local multiplayer stuff. And the Switch just has a lot of that. And... This is a good example of it right here. It's it's an eShop title, or you can buy a physical copy of it. Um, it's twenty nine ninety nine on the eShop. I'm not sure if the physical version is different or not, but you know, it's just one of those games where yeah, there's, there's like forty something levels, and they're all different. You're making different foods. I mean, we're at the point now where we're also making pizzas, <laughs> which is really so. Cool. It, so you said that it goes soups, burgers, or sandwiches, handhelds, whatever, then pizza. Then like full dishes. Well, eventually. so there's also there's also fish and chips. Right. Uh, we had we had got to fish and chips. We did that too. So like there's one level we're doing where we're, we're split on opposite sides of this kitchen. There's a conveyor belt in the middle, and the level pushes us um, to so where like one of us is on the top half of the screen, one's on the bottom half of the screen. So in order to pass food, you can only pass food when you're at the top of the screen because of the conveyor belt. The conveyor belt moves down, so we have to time when to do things. So I have the ability to cook meat and she has the ability to cook the pizzas, but I have the ingredients for 
the pizzas and she's got the ingredients for the burgers. And so it's one of those things where like she has to pass meat for me to cook. I have to pass pizza for her to cook, you know, kind of thing. And you have to really coordinate that type of stuff. So it might be like, well, you know what? If you handle the tomatoes instead of me, we're going to make up time because of X, Y, Z and all that kind of stuff. Wow. No, that's good because it encourages the, like I said, the, um, the, I don't know, local call. Like it really encourages you guys to work together. It does. It really does. And there is a versus mode, which we haven't really looked into yet. But the uh, the campaign is totally cooperative, which is great. Yeah, like we ought to try that with four people. I think we should. It could be a lot of fun. <laughs> I think it could get really hectic, but uh, it could be a good time. But uh, yeah, that's it for me, man. That's that's it. Any other gaming stuff for you? No, I'm uh, like I said, I'm going to start digging into my, my Xbox here, start learning some how to use it, and uh, probably start getting back into the Gears games and start playing Halo again and start playing all the games that I, uh, when I used to have a 360... Start playing those games again, you know, like Fusion Frenzy. <laughs> Dude, man, the, the, the Fusion Frenzy I played was an original. I know, Xbox man. Game. I, like, it, I wonder if I still have it. It was the best. Uh, it is the best party <laughs> game, hands down, um, that I've ever played in my lifetime. And I, I might even be willing to try the second one. <laughs> there you go, man. No, but that's it. That's all I got. Well, then that's going to be it for us this week on Gamer Heroes from the Heroes Podcast Network. We will be back in two weeks with a new episode of Gamer Heroes. We are every other week now. Uh, So join us every other Wednesday for a new episode of Gamer Heroes where we'll be talking about video game news and what we are playing. You can find us uh, at Heroes Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram or heroespodcasts.com. The podcast is on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Blog Talk Radio, and Spreaker, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. Please drop us a review on iTunes, though. It's still the number one place. John, man, good talking to you. I'll see you soon. Until next time, game on. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.